Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight, there's another wonderful show we've got planned for you. We're going to be talking about Back to School 2020. How many of you know that it's going to look a little different this year? So if you would like to have input on tonight's program and you haven't already written in or texted us or engaged with our Facebook page, you can call us at 325-428-6145. That's text us at 325-428-6145. And if you're listening tonight and you want to interact with our Facebook page, We'll check that periodically at Facebook, at Home with Debbie Rule. We're happy to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. And every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. And I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say, I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. At Home with Debbie Rule, your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. I love MediShare because they protect and respect life. MediShare is community. MediShare is affordable. MediShare is biblical. MediShare is uplifting. MediShare is family. Faithful. MediShare is hope. It's love. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable, biblical health care. That's 844-74-BIBLE. The Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven provides services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment for medical, law enforcement, or criminal justice. They provide legal advocacy, individual counseling, and The Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend in need and set an example. For more information on how you can help, call The Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. Home is where the heart is, or is it? Home, family, and relationships can be a challenge. We have some answers for you right here on 95.3 and CanyonRadio.com. Join Debbie Rule every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for insights on how to live life more abundantly. At Home with Debbie Rule is your opportunity to call in and get simple answers and share stories. At Home with Debbie Rule, Sundays from 6 to 7 on Caniel 95.3 and CanielRadio.com. Get the answers you need to find your heart at home. Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule. This is Thoughts from Home. While it feels as if summer has just begun in some parts of the country, many states are gearing up for a new school year that will start before we know it. After a spring semester of remote learning due to the COVID-19 spread, sending our little ones back to the classroom, whether they're heading to pre-K or high school, is a daunting task. 
First and foremost, parents should not send any child who is symptomatic of illness to school. This means that parents should develop a routine for quickly checking their child for a fever in the morning and also confirm that their child does not have a cough or any other sign of illness. If a child does have a fever, the parent should not give the child fever-reducing medication and send him or her off to school, but instead be sure to keep the child home. As for what our kids need in their backpacks as they head out the door, every student should have their own set of classroom supplies. The schools will not be able to provide communal supplies of basics like pencils, pens, highlighters, etc. due to the need of prevent, preventing the spread of the virus. The goal is to reduce sharing in the classroom as much as possible. Physically going back to school during a pandemic may mean requiring or recommending face coverings and social distancing, but also making sure students have what they need should they return to remote learning. Talking to your children about social distancing is important. This is a good time to have your child around family. While around family, teach them how to keep distance, not to share food or to drink from common places. Not surprisingly, a new supply on our collective shopping list this year will be masks. Since masks may be required or at least recommended, it is important to know what's the fast, safest masks for your children. A cloth mask that fits comfortably and covers the mouth and nose is recommended. It should fit comfortably and be the right size so that the child is not constantly pulling or readjusting the mask. It is a good idea that students should have at least one or two spares with them daily in case their mask gets breaks or gets dirty. Help your children get comfortable wearing a mask for school by practicing wearing masks now, before the school year begins. Parents should gradually build up to face covering endurance in their children by having them wear a face covering for a longer and longer periods of time. If a child spends zero time during the day right now in a face covering, then that child will have a tough time spending hours wearing one when September rolls around. We need to build up the endurance gradually. Kids should have a 60% or higher alcohol-based hand sanitizer, which kills most types of bacteria, viruses, and fungi. It is a good idea for everyone to have their own, not just for school, but also for other situations like on the bus. And it's important to practice using these items with your child before sending them off to school. Remember to teach your kids hand sanitizer is great, but it does not take the place of making sure you wash your hands properly. Not surprisingly, a new supply of those collective shopping lists this year are those masks. Well, it's a good idea for them to always have a spare just in case. Something else to consider as students head back to school is keeping our homes clean as possible, which includes disinfecting the kids when they get home. When children return from school, they should immediately wash their hands. Professionals are advising once at home, they should remove clothes, shoes, and place them in the laundry or in a disinfectant safe place. Or they might even try to get a shower. That would be great, but it's not absolutely necessary. One of the biggest essentials for the 2020-21 school year is a good mindset. My advice is to stay positive. As parents, you are constantly teaching your children. Your example is one that they are exposed to more than any classroom or teacher. If your children hear you speaking optimistically about school, they will adopt that attitude. I think we all need to maintain a sense of flexibility and patience and also recognize that students are going to need some extra time to reacclimate to school, especially when the adults in their school are wearing masks and the whole environment looks different. We need to adjust the, expecta 
we need to adjust the expectations we have found for our children and meet them where they are, not where we think they should be. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be right back. Your talk show about home, family, and relationships. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that support the mission of The Haven. James Long Real Estate, Riata River Ranch, RES, and At Home with Debbie Rule. The mission of The Haven is to reduce the incidence and the impact of domestic violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Mason, Menard, Kimball, and Concho County. The Haven provides services and support that empower victims to rebuild their lives and regain their dignity within a safe and caring community. Home, family, and relationships can be a challenge, and we have some answers for you right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Join me, Debbie Rule, every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule. And this week on the program, we'll be talking about back to school. Join us this week, Sunday at 6 o'clock, right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com for At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we are talking about Back to School 2020. It's going to look quite different this year uh, with those that are returning back to the campus. Some are going to do alternative learning. Some campuses are not opening. But uh, it is definitely going to look different no matter what your choice is. If you're going back uh, onto campus, you're going to see that there's going to be masks. And this might be quite different for the little ones. They may not be used to seeing people around that unless they've been wearing them around now and watching people that have had them on out and about. But uh, it, it can be kind of scary at first when kids see everybody running around in a mask. So, uh, And then them getting used to wearing a mask is all different. And that's a whole different ball game. So uh, we've got some things that we want to talk to you about tonight, getting ready for the 2021 school year, uh, things being different, and what you can do as a parent to help your child and some things that they're going to need. We're going to be talking tonight about back to school. And also next week we'll be talking about back to school. And next week we have a back to school gift giveaway that we'll be giving away. So uh, be sure that you um, stay tuned and uh, listen to uh, information that we'll be giving out on the air this coming week on the morning show and different times. Also, we'll be giving information out on our Facebook page because you want to be involved and you want to be sure that you register to win that back to school giveaway that we'll be giving away next Sunday night during our program right here on At Home with Debbie Rule. And tonight joining me on the program is my wonderful husband. Hi, wonderful wife. How are you tonight, Rudy? Rudy Rule here on At Home with Debbie Rule. Well, you would be the one that would know about being at home with <laughs> Debbie Rule. Tonight, you know, I'm really uh, not excited, but I'm I'm geared up for talking about back to school because I'm glad that the kids are going to get to go back to school. I know that's just my opinion. I know there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, no, no, no. But I think kids need 
to be with other kids and some type of normalcy, even though it might look a little scary with everyone wearing a mask and all of that. But what, you know, are, your th- what are your thoughts? Uh, thank you for asking. I'm always ready to share my thoughts. I know. I don't ask you much because that's the, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> we only have a, we only have a, uh, a few minutes all left. Right. That's enough. <laughs> Well, I'm excited for them to be going back to school, too. Um, this may be, you know, a unique time in history. Children actually want to go back to school, mm-hmm. and they missed it. I remember in being in school wishing the year would get over, but the year, the year ended very early last year for all of the students, and it was quite a shock. Yeah, it just ended so abruptly. They're still shocked, and Mm -hmm. everybody's still in shock about what we've endured over the last, ever since January, really. I mean, it really started in March, but golly. So uh, all the research I've done, I am very comfortable sending our grandsons to school. I'm very comfortable if we had children of age and sending them to school, and many uh, experts have even said it's more dangerous to keep them at home. And they they explain that. It doesn't sound uh, like it could be true when you first hear it. But when they explain it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, especially underprivileged children need to be in school. They really fall behind if they're at home especially with both parents working and no instruction going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, some people make it a political issue, and I would just ask everyone to make it about the children. Do mm-hmm. what's best for the kids. Do the right thing. What mm-hmm. a what a good slogan just to live your life by. Do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And you have passionate people that say, well, the right thing is keeping those kids at home. And fortunately, at this point, they're in the minority. Well, but that might be the best choice for some families. There yes. are some families that need, uh, that have reasons for keeping their kids at home, and that should be supported 100%, just as those that want to go back to school. Well, families that want to keep their kids at home those, shouldn't affect those that want to go to school. Those are called qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there are situations where it's better to keep them at home, but generally... And, you know, any, I used to have a friend that if anybody said, you know, generally speaking, this person would interrupt and say, wait, 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 wait. That's not necessarily so. And so when you're speaking generally, not necessarily so is a given. Generally speaking just has to be more than 50% of the time and you're accurate. So generally speaking, it's better to send the kids to school. Yes. And, um, of course, we've, we've been talking over the past few weeks, uh, should schools reopen and should we send the kids back to school? And so tonight, just uh, talking a little bit more in depth about schools are going to open. Most schools are going to be opening. They'll be giving alternatives to um, you being able to stay home in school and, you know, different things that you can choose which best for your family. But if you choose to send your kids to school, they are going to need uh, a few extra things this year. And they're going to need a little bit of coaching before they go because they have not returned to school under these circumstances before. And so teaching them, I know a lot of parents have already been teaching social distancing because we've been doing that for months. And um, 
But, you know, they're going to get back into an area that's school, which is familiar for them, but it's not going to be regular. It's going to look different. But to kids, they're going to forget that they can't run up and hug their teacher. They're going to forget that they can't, you know, be hanging on their friends and tackling and doing all those things that kids like to do. And so uh, being taught to keep their distance and how to do that and what you need to do and reminding them, you know, kids need repetition. They need to be told continually after one after you know kids just don't remember and that's that's part of being a child so uh, they need to be reminded in a very kind loving way and they need to be taught and they need to be constantly coached you know these things that they're going to have to do to be successful at school and that is social distancing wearing a mask um it's very uncomfortable for me i don't like to wear masks so i know for little ones it is and if they're not used to it Please start having them do that now, and um, as we encouraged you in the opening comments, do it and let them wear it gradually, getting longer and longer and longer, because the school day is a long day for them to have to wear a mask. Well, that's another issue that, boy, people are on both sides of that. Yeah. Um, But if it's required, it's required. Well, should it be required? That's where you run into trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, This whole situation has caused some people to uh, not go along with what has been mandated and they to the point of being criminal because when you're told to do something by and you have the rule of law behind it then you're supposed to do it and people are disagreeing with what's appropriate response but i hope and i believe that should a pandemic quote unquote like this happen again we will not respond this way i made a joke the other day there's a dead pigeon out somewhere in the neighborhood and i said you know bird flu's next we've got to get ready for the bird flu and uh it's not funny what are we going to do we can't shut down the world we tried that it didn't work Mm -hmm. and there are people out there that say yes it did work and that's the that's the right response but you know what? Majority rules in a republic. So I think the majority of people to the point of going against, you know, what they're told to do, want their freedom. This is a free country still. That's, that's true. But if it's required for them to wear a mask, then they have a choice. Come to school and wear a mask or stay at home and be homeschooled. You know, there's choices in there and they're going to have to... Um, do what's required of them in order to attend school. And that's for, and they look at that as everyone's safety. And I, I see that as well. I'm not saying that I disagree with you because you know exactly how I feel. I feel the same that I, I feel like we just, you know, just send the kids to school, you know, and, 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 um, but, but this is the thing. If it's required for them to wear a mask, then that's their choice. Stay home and not wear a mask or go to school and wear a mask. And if they're going to have to go to school and wear a mask, they need to get used to it. I mean, it's it's hard. I put a mask on Hudson and Taylor when we go to the store and when we do different things. And, you know, we can just about get through an hour or so of it wearing it. And, and they're getting better with it, you know. But, you know, Hudson's is sopping wet by the time we get off of it, you know, because he's just, like, slobbered everywhere. I mean, I know that sounds really gross, and that's how he deals with wearing a mask. And so, um, you know, they need to get used to it. Those little preschoolers and um, Head Start kids and, you know, kindergartners, first, second, third grade, older kids may be fine. 
Um, but, you know, it still may be uncomfortable for them as well. And especially if they have some type of health issues that, you know, make it difficult for them. It's hard for me to breathe in that mask. I mean, especially in the heat. I, I, and it's impossible to get the truth about wearing masks. I read one report where it lowers your O2 level in your blood. Mm-hmm. And another report that said, no, that's not true at all. So it's just maddening. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert. Well, I'm an expert. Well, you. So anyway, uh, the nice thing is the kids love wearing the mask, at least initially. <laughs> they love wearing them if they don't have to wear them. Let's just say that. <laughs> kids love doing what you they know, don't have to do. That's a Texan, isn't it? I like uh, doing it if I don't have to. Right. Don't so you, tell that's me why what you do, to do reverse psychology. Oh, don't wear that mask. You know, da 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 da. da. And then it works wear. great on a Texas mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, and they'll wear it. But um, you know, and then let you know. Let's just take a step back. We're talking about the mask in general, but you know, modeling that behavior that you want from your child. You know, if 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 you want them to be positive about the different things that need to be done in order to return back to school, then you need to be positive about it. And, you know, if they hear you griping and complaining all the time at home and saying, well, you know, this is ridiculous, we shouldn't have to do this, and blah, 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 that's fine. You can go and talk about that all you want behind closed doors with whoever you want to talk about it with. But in front of your kids, you know, modeling the appropriate behavior by being positive and optimistic and supportive of what's been asked of you if that's your choice to return to school I feel is a very important aspect of sending them back because in 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 reality you're hurting them by putting them in the middle because they want to go back to school and um, you know they're going to repeat what you say and they're also going to act with the same attitudes that you have so I think it's really important for us to be positive and to have um, be a good role model and just say, you know, I don't like this either, but it's the rules and, and we have to follow the rules. And, you know, that's what I tell Taylor and Hudson. I don't I don't like wearing a mask in the store either, but this is these are the rules. And so we have to follow them. When we get in the car, we can take it off. And they're good with that if they know it's the rules. And so I I just really feel personally we need to model Good behavior. Appropriate behavior. Appropriate behavior with our kids. And, you know, we've told parents that for 25 years, and some parents are just negative. Mm -hmm. But if you're the positive parent and this speaks to you, we're here to advocate for people to be positive around their children. Around everybody else, too. Well, go have your conversation privately if you want to go wah, wah, wah about stuff you have no control over. Mm -hmm. But don't do it in front of your kids because you're right. They will repeat what they hear, and they'll say, my daddy said it or my mama said it. or You know, they'll take that attitude to school, and I just uh, feel so uh, concerned for the teachers. My goodness. They don't need to take on the parents' battle. They need to be free to go to school and to do what's asked of them and to have good encouraging words that support them as they do that and so um, you know it's it's hard in a situation where you do have a different opinion about things that are going on and you feel like that this is ridiculous and we need to move on but it's it's still you still have to be positive about it and, and find a way to be positive about it and talk with your kids about it if you're a type of parent that teaches your child you don't have to do 
what the school says, you are mm-hmm. creating a lifelong problem. Mm-hmm. Listen, the school have, have educated people, superintendents, principals, teachers. There's a school board. They all come together and make a decision. And when you go against it, when you say, I don't have to, when you flout it, when you say, I can do it, I want to, you're creating a problem and nobody appreciates that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you're teaching your children. They don't have to, uh, they don't have to comply with legitimate authority Mm -hmm. and people that don't comply with legitimate authority wind up in big trouble. So modeling uh, positive and and good behavior in front of your kids, even when you don't agree with it, find a way to um, agree by just being positive. And, uh, you know, you can say, I don't like it, but this is what we have to do. You know, talk through the new expectations. As (laughs) as it's given out what's required for your child to return back to school, go over those things with your child and talk with them about that and tell them, you know, ask them, how do you feel about this? And, you know, how do you feel about wearing a mask all day long? And, and, you know, do you think you're going to be able to do that? And what do we need to do to help you with that? You know, one thing is that parents need to get the right kind of mask, you know, Um, I love all the, you know, face wrappings and all the cute little, you know, bandanas and all these things that go around our face. But the kids really need something, in my opinion, to keep their hands off of their face, which is the whole purpose of this, right? You know, it needs to be Halloween all year long. Wear the (laughs) Halloween mask. Get one that blocks your breath and all of that. And wouldn't the kids would love that? Well, you know, getting one that will go over... Uh, their face and fit properly so they're not playing with it all the time or adjusting it. And when it's kind of breathable, there's fabrics that are a little bit easier for you to kind of breathe through than some things. So um, you say, well, I'm not going to pay that for a mask. I can just, you know, make one. Well, a lot of times it's the fabric that it's made out of that makes it a little easier to breathe. It also, it fits better around the face so they're not touching the face all the time, which we want to keep our hands off of our face. That's the main thing. So keeping your kids, you know, uh, in a in a mask that fits well so that they keep their hands off will help them to be able to stay even healthier. And uh, so getting the right kind of mask is important and doing more than one so that you have some backups there. Yeah, so if you get one slobbered on, you can switch it out. Oh, it's so nasty, one. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of masks out there, and you're exactly right. And the cost has come down. You can make your own. You can get mask kits. I even read where they're making masks for people that work with the hearing impaired mm. that rely on reading lips. And so it's clear plastic mask and uh, wow. so that you can wear a mask and uh, the people that rely on reading lips can still understand you when you talk to them. Hmm. Uh, I also read a story about a man who was in a store where masks were uh, required and somebody had to say to him, said, look, you got to wear it over your mouth, not your chin. <laughs> Well, they will call you down in the store. I mean, I, I've I've been in a store where the boys didn't have it up over their nose, and the lady came up to us and said, uh, it has, you know, the masks have to go over their nose, you know, thank you. And she was really nice and everything, but she said to be sure that they keep it up over their nose. So, you know, it's just their rules with it, but it's not comfortable. And so if you have a child that's not used to it, that's something that you might work on between now and when school starts because it might take them a little while to get used to it. 
And if they're not going to be able to get used to it and they just don't think they're going to be able to do it, then maybe there needs to be an alternative for your school year. Uh, Maybe you need to think about maybe doing the alternative plan of learning at home or something like that because um, they may not be able to do it. You know, they just may not be able to. So, But with practice, they probably will. And so get them used to it right now and get the right kind of mask. Um, might take you buying a couple before you find something that really works for them and then get more than one of the one that they really like. So, uh, you know, as you have middle school and high school students, giving them a little more independence on, um, on you know, choosing which one they want or, uh, you know, empower them to be able to make some of these decisions on their own. Also, you know, following the guidelines, but encouraging them to, you know, make those good decisions for themselves. And also, again, going over all of those um, things that we need to go over in order to make sure that they're safe. Washing our hands. Using hand sanitizer does not replace washing our hands, but hand sanitizer, you're going to have to buy that for school year. And all these things that have been difficult to find, hopefully are going to be more available. Uh, But you might start picking up some of those things now because when school gets here, which is, it's here, you might want to have some of that already backed up. Rochelle starts Monday, tomorrow. So yeah, school is here. School here, here. is here. Well, we've got more for you today, tonight on At Home with Debbie Rule for Back to School 2020. Guidelines and different things to follow. And are you going to send your kids? Are you going to keep them home? And if you are, these are some things you need to do. If you're going to send them what they're going to need. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, also reminding you that next week we're going to be giving away a back to school giveaway. So Stay tuned this week for more information. We'll be talking about that on the air and also our Facebook page. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more to come right here on At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be back. Summer is almost here, and do you want that beach tan without going to the beach? Well, we've got a little bit of the tropics for you right here. Cuts and Such has one month of unlimited tanning for the low price of $45. That's right, one month of unlimited tanning for $45. Cuts and Such is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to noon, for your tanning convenience. No need to make an appointment. Just walk in and experience the newest, hottest tanning beds around. Cuts and Such is located at 1904 South Bridge, so stop by today. When you think of sinfully nice foods, what comes to mind? Cakes, pies, breads, and sweetbreads? Sinfully Nice Foods is not only sinfully delicious, but has made-to-order sugar-free and gluten-free products available as well. Sinfully Nice Foods is a new home business with baked goods that can be a special order for almost any party, event, or just because you want to be a little sinful yourself. Sinfully Nice Foods is certified with the Food Handlers Program and is ready to meet your needs for your baked goods. So the next time that you need a cake, pie, homemade breads, and rolls, give Cynthia a call at 325-456-7740. That's 325-456-7740. Sinfully Nice Foods, it will always leave you wanting more.
Hello, everyone. It's great to have you back at school again. But as you know, we still have a problem with the coronavirus, so we need to be careful. Corona is a virus that can make people ill. If someone who is <laughs> ill coughs over you or shakes your hand, they can pass on the virus. But we can protect ourselves. It's very important that we wash our hands well when we come in from outside, after going to the toilet, before meals, and after blowing our noses. We have to wash our hands with soap and water. We cough and sneeze into our elbows to stop the virus from spreading. Don't share your morning snacks with other children. When greeting one another, we say hello or wave, but we don't shake hands. You're not allowed to get too close to your teachers. We have to keep our distance. It's very important that you listen to what your teachers have to say about the coronavirus. Everything's a bit different at school at the moment. But together, we're strong and we'll get through it. What will it look like when schools welcome students back to their buildings? And what precautions might they take to limit the spread of COVID-19 in their communities? These questions took center stage recently when the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released recommendations for reopening school buildings. And they proposed some pretty big changes to their daily operations. The CDC cautions that these recommendations should be implemented in a way that's feasible and practical and meets the needs of a local community. It also cautions that schools that are shut down in areas with significant spread should keep their buildings closed. Here are a few key points from the recommendations. First, masks. Staff should wear masks and students, particularly older students, should be encouraged to wear them, the recommendations say. The CDC acknowledges that younger students may struggle to wear masks, particularly for longer periods of time. And it says they're most necessary where social distancing is impossible. Next, social distancing. Desks should all face the same direction, the CDC says. It recommends they sit six feet apart, which is not possible in many crowded classrooms and older school buildings. It calls for buses to seat students every other row to avoid crowding and to limit the use of shared supplies in classrooms so that items could be more easily disinfected and kept to individual students. It also calls on schools to consider grouping students in cohorts that remain in their classrooms and avoid interaction with students in other groups. To close large shared facilities like school cafeterias, having students eat in their classrooms instead. Third, protecting vulnerable people. Students and staff at higher risk for severe illness should be given accommodations, like the option to telework or to continue distance learning, the CDC says. Some analysis find that about one in every five teachers is over the age of 55, putting them at heightened risk for severe illness from COVID-19. The CDC says schools should have plans to isolate students who show signs of illness and if possible, to screen for symptoms like fevers on a regular basis. It also recommends that they cooperate with local health authorities to help trace the transmission of the virus and keep it contained. So will your school follow these recommendations? State and district leaders around the country are making plans right now, and many of them are considering multi-tiered approaches that might call on schools to continue distance learning, to reopen their buildings, or perhaps adopt a hybrid approach to avoid crowding. 
Other countries that have reopened school buildings after closing them for the coronavirus have adopted similar precautions and face similar challenges. In the United States, one of those challenges might be state funding cuts that will make normal school operations difficult in some areas. Leaders around the country have said reopening schools is a key part of our nation's recovery. But public health officials have cautioned that until there's a vaccine or an effective treatment for COVID-19, it might not be business as usual. What reopening looks like in your school will depend on how our understanding of the coronavirus and its transmission changes, the effects of the virus and its spread in your region, and the decisions your local leaders make. Baby Shark Brooklyn! Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we're talking about back to school 2020 and what that looks like, of course, uh, masks and social distancing, just as we've heard uh, in the uh, spots that we played here just a little while ago. The um, little song at the end there about social distancing, you know, there's all kinds of material out there that you can find on YouTube and different places if you just Google online, uh, teaching children about uh, safety precautions for COVID-19, preparing back to school, how do I prepare my child, all of those things that you can kind of type in that'll give you some fun little things that you can play for your kids, uh, like that little song. And when you put something out there that's fun, that they can sing along with, that you can have fun with and be creative with, it will help them to be able to uh, learn what's expected of them, especially if they're little. And they love the music. You know, when we learn the ABCs, we put music to it because it helps us remember. So some of the things that they may need to do or they may need to remember in order to go to school is some things that might need to be taught. And they... um, be creative, you know, be creative. Sing little songs with them. You can find materials, like I said, online that can help you to be able to teach uh, in a creative way some of your youngsters what's expected of them in order to return back to school because they might get pretty strict and, you know, there might be some consequences for those that don't follow the rules. So you don't want that to be your child. So do your homework and, and uh, find a creative way to teach those ways at home before they go 
I guess tag is out for for now recess, huh? Yeah. No run across tackle. What else did they used to play? Ring around the rosy. No touching hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're teaching our children not to touch one another. Don't look to your teacher for a hug. Social distancing. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. This is a crisis. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure we're responding the right way. However, mm-hmm. I must repeat again, uh, compliance is the appropriate response to legitimate authority. Help our authorities out. The superintendent, the teachers, the principals, the school board, they're making the best decisions they can. And don't be a problem. Be mm-hmm. a helper. Make the situation better. Yeah. You've got a right. And you said earlier, Debbie, that you can have an opinion. Yeah. You have the right to have your own opinion, but you know what? Most people probably don't want to hear it. Comply with legitimate authority. Help make the situation better. We'll all get through this together. That's what they've been saying for six months now, and people are sick of it, but it's true. We've got to work together on this and be in agreement and not have somebody constantly fighting and arguing and wanting to do it their way. Well, you have choices. That's the thing. And you just have to operate within the guidelines of the choice that you make. They're not saying you have to do it one way. This is the only way. They're saying these are your choices. And if this is what you choose, this is what the guidelines are for this choice. And I think that's a good way. It leaves people an opportunity to be able to choose what's best for their family. But within your choice, there's going to be guidelines. And so a lot of people are looking to send their kids back to school, which is understandable. They've got to get back to work. This has been a terrible crisis for them as far as being able to send their kids to daycare, to school, and and be able to function and have family life the way they had it in the past. And so this is going to bring some type of normal routine back to homes, uh, in a sense, because kids are going to be able to go and participate in on-campus learning again, and parents are going to be able to do what they need to do during the day, because at-home at schooling was not that um, successful for some homes. I mean, they did it, and they did it well. I mean, I applaud everyone out there that had kids at home that was juggling everything that they had in their life to make sure their kids got their work in and that they, um, you know, finished the school year strong. And my goodness, you know, with everything that was up against you, so many families finished so strong and did so well. So we applaud you for that. Uh, You know, it was an abrupt change. It wasn't something that we had time to adapt to. It was something that just changed one day overnight, and then you had to go with it. And uh, bless the hearts of the teachers that had to come up with all of that and get that prepared. And parents, too. You know, our yes. our uh, society is not structured for parents to work and homeschool, both. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, we only you know how hard it was for you. And so I agree with Debbie. We applaud you. And hopefully this will be different this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing is, the positive thing about all of this is it should reduce the cases of other illnesses as well. Influenza and different things that goes around during the school year. Uh, With us practicing these types of guidelines and behaviors, we should see um, lower cases in that. And so that's good because sometimes that gets so bad that, uh, you know, three quarters of the school is out with the flu. 
And, um, and that can be dangerous as well. There are people that have serious cases of, of the flu. So Well, even last year before uh, Corona, some schools were closing because so many kids were out with the flu. So uh, children got a crash course in how to wash their hands and be aware of germs. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good thing. Um, you know, some, some uh, question was, what do I do, you know, if my child is not able to go back to school and they're disappointed, you know, for whatever reason we've chosen not to send them back to school or maybe they're attending a campus that's not opening up um, and, and they're disappointed, you know, because everybody else is going back to school and they can't go back to school or they're not going to be able to for whatever reason. And, you know, that's a difficult situation because dealing with disappointment, disappointment in any of us as an adult or as a child, when you're disappointed about something, there's a sadness there and there's a a grieving process that goes on because you're not able to do or you were looking forward to something that's not going to happen the way you thought it was supposed to happen for you. And so, you know, listen to your kids. When you when you hear them saying, you know, I'm sad or I, I don't know if I can do that or, you know, that scares me. Those are not words for you to jump on them and say, well, you shouldn't be scared or don't be sad or, you know, I've got to do all this too. And look at, you know, we've got a lot to deal with. You just need to buck up and do it. You know, that's true. Sometimes you have to just tell them, you know, you got to man up and you got to get it done. But but sometimes they just need a safe place where they can come and share their feelings. It's okay to be scared. You know what? I get scared too. It's okay to not like that mask. I don't like it either. It's okay for you to be disappointed. I know this is not the way I wanted it to be. You know, you can't have a birthday party. I am so sad for you. You know, look at the weddings that were postponed and and changed, you know, life-changing events. And to a little kid, some things that are not important to us, they're life-changing to them. I mean, they're very important to them. So disappointment comes with that. You know, I can't go over to my friend's house or I can't play on the playground like we used to play, like you're saying tag. I can't do some, I can't hug my teacher. I'm, You know, they feel, they start beginning to feel insecure because all these things that made them feel secure are being ripped away from them um, because they can't have contact. And that's the really, that is the worst thing about this COVID-19 is that it has isolated people and it has kept people from being able to interact in a natural way. And that has been very detrimental That's going to, to be adults one of the, and children. Going forward, I hope we don't learn those bad habits of not socializing or interacting or i mean i hope we don't develop bad habits on along that line well i agree but what you said earlier if your child says i'm so disappointed don't say don't feel that way mm-hmm. validate their feelings you know that's a good opportunity to say you know what just as you said debbie agree with them i'm disappointed too and you can make it therapeutic you can say you know what Let's set the timer on our phone and let's spend five minutes sitting here being disappointed. And then when the timer goes off, we're going to get up and do something about it. And we're going to make it better. Mm-hmm. And you, you embrace those feelings. You teach that child that sharing his or her feelings is a good thing because you're going to receive them. And you have a, an, uh, an idea. You might have a solution or you have a way of moving forward. Because that's what life's all about. Life is about moving forward 
after a disappointment, after mm-hmm. a, an unmet expectation? How do we move forward? Well, let's cry about it, and now we get that out of the way, and now we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the old saying, don't cry over spilt milk, you know. Have a good cry every once in a while and then say, okay, that's done. Now I'm moving forward. That's in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning how to cope with life. There's things you can't control, but you can control how you respond mm-hmm. and how you feel and how you're going to go forward. Yeah. And talking with your kids is just, uh, that just, in, it will just increase the bond between you and your children. And, and just understand the things that are different right now, they're very different for adults. They're very, very different for kids. And um, one of the things that children really look to in a home environment is security. And the second place that they look for that is at school. And with all of these things looking different and being different, that security could be shaken. It doesn't mean that it is, but to them, it feels that it is. And their perspective is different because of the way it looks. And so it's... um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for teachers. It's going to be hard for teachers when kids come in to not hug them, you know, because they're teachers that are huggers. And, and of course, that's why they're good teachers. You know, they love those kids. They love those kids into learning. And so it's going to be difficult for everyone to adjust. Uh, and I'm with you. I hope that it's just for mm-hmm. a short period of time and that we don't develop habits. You know, the bad thing about this is that we've already put ourselves in a situation where we use a lot of technology, And that is the um, replacement for communication, verbal communication. Human contact. Yeah, verbal communication and um, personal touch. And so we, you know, we send an email rather than sending, writing a card or or calling someone. Um, And we use texting instead of calling or visiting someone. And so this is just another step of separating ourselves in isolation. And that is not the way the human was created. We were created for touch. And there's studies about that where there are babies that didn't get affection or didn't get touching or, you know, and what happens when they grow up. So this is something that we were created to need. We were need, we need security. We need touch. We need affection. We need to be with other you know, people. In so many ways, we are already an abrasive society with our social interactions, of course. with our language. I mean, when I was yes. a kid growing up, you never heard bad language. And if you did, the men would step up and put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. And now, whoo, you don't say anything to anybody because. Well, what's bad is not considered bad anymore. You know, I mean, in our home, let's say in our home, if our kids said we got in trouble because we said the S word. That was stupid. <laughs> That's right. You know, you're stupid, and they were in trouble. That's the S word. We got a spanking for the S word, you know. And now today, you know, it can mean several it's, different things. But so, we're, as a society, we're more abrasive than we were, yeah. and people don't know how to act in public. Mm-hmm. And it's just, boy, it's it, uh, if we don't have social interaction it's only going to make that problem bigger mm-hmm. that people don't know how to act in public and it's funny to watch and i'm not going to name names but some of these uh stars these female stars that were so out there they got married and had children and now they're 
straightening up. Not so up. out there. That's right, because it's, I have a child now. Well, yeah, there's well, men out there, men actors. Look what you were doing like when my children were running mm-hmm. around. But I'll tell you what, having children will change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for that. Well, as you get older, you look at things a little bit differently. Some do. Most most people do. But, um, you know, we, we've been put into a situation where we can't forget the nurturing fact and our children need to be nurtured. And so it's going to take a little bit of an extra mile for parents at home, uh, for grandparents, for aunts and for uncles and for families to come together, good friends that come together to help support and encourage families because they're going to need that support. And you might think that they don't, and you might think, my kids are fine, my kids don't need anything. Some kids don't ever show a sign at all of being depressed, disappointed, discouraged. They just go with the flow. And then, you know, inside they're just internalizing all of these uh, things. And then eventually it starts coming out in their behavior and in their grades and in other areas. And then sometimes it's just really hard to start getting some of that rooted stuff that's deep down inside of them as a teenager out. And it causes uh, a lot of bad behavior sometimes. So you know, I know little listen to them. Short on time, I'll take 30 seconds here okay. to to touch on that subject if you want to communicate with your kids asking them direct questions is a great way for them to shut off communication Mm -hmm. the way you get your kids to open up is you go do things with them Mm -hmm. it can be work it can be fun Mm -hmm. Uh, it can be what they want to do it can be what you want to do but it's spending time together and in that close Mm -hmm. physical uh, association they become more comfortable Yes. And they start bringing up subjects, and they see how you react. And if you're open and act in a way that's conducive to them opening up, they will share with you things that you really want to know, that you really need to know, and that you would never know if you just ask them a direct question. Right. And that's a that's a good point. And uh, so going out and doing things together and spending time together is a good way to talk about certain things. Being creative, like I mentioned earlier, finding creative ways to introduce topics and to talk with your child about things. But, you know, watch. We talked about this last week. Watch for things in your child's behavior that might be a little different than they have been before. Uh, don't don't discount that. Don't say. Don't just toss that out and say, oh, well, you know, it's just growth or whatever. Watch it. Because over a time, over a period of time, if that continues, there might be something going on that you want to talk to your child about. And so, especially in little ones, there's going to be, you know, fears and and all kinds of things that it's going to be coming up. And you as a parent, uh, they look to you for that security and for those answers. So we here on this program... We want to empower you with answers. We want to help you with that. And, of course, we are always available uh, if you contact us through our Facebook page or you can also contact us directly, 325-428-6145. Again, that's 325-428-6145. Call or text. If there's anyone out there that needs counseling, a little bit of insight or help, uh, maybe you're going through a difficult time or if there's just something that you want to talk about, you need a little help. Uh, to empower your family. We're here for you. This is the whole reason why we do the program, is to empower our community and the surrounding communities with uh, ways that they can help be the best family that they can be.
and, and we love doing that. So please don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything. We are here. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you, sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationship. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on KNEL 95.3 FM at KNLradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships.